Welcome to the Northeast Christian Podcast. We're so excited that you've decided to check out our weekly messages. We hope that you're challenged and inspired by what you're hearing today. We'd love to have you join us this weekend at one of our campuses or online at northeast.live. For more information on Northeast, visit us at necchurch.org. If you love the Northeast podcast, subscribe to our channel and leave us a comment or a rating in the Apple Podcast Store. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the amazing moms in the room. Stand up. If you've already stood up, stand up again. We love you. Yes, we do. Woo! Yes. <laughs> Give it up. Yes, that's right. Hey, I've heard it said that moms know best, but I have to be honest that sometimes I feel like I know the least about what to do next. Is anybody with me? Is anybody with me this morning? Yeah. But I do know one thing. Moms take care of all of the details. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Most of the time, moms take care of all the details. So I just want to start off this morning by reading you a fun little story out of the book, Confident Woman. By the way, this is my family on the screen right here. Um, these are our two boys, Wally's my husband, Elliot and Max, and my beautiful daughter-in-law, Isabella. And Elliot and Isabella are expecting, so we're going to have baby boy Brown, yes, this October, which is going to be amazing. So listen to this fun story. Moms take care of the details. Thank you, moms. Giving you a shout out this morning. Mom and dad were watching TV when mom said, I'm tired and it's late and I think I'll go to bed. She got up, went to the kitchen to make sandwiches for the next day's lunches, rinsed out the dessert bowls, took meat out of the freezer for dinner the following evening, checked the cereal box, filled the sugar container, put spoons in the bowls, put bowls on the table, started the coffee pot for brewing the next morning, put wet clothes in the dryer, a load of clothes in the washer, ironed a shirt, sewed on a few buttons picked up the game pieces that were left on the table, put a few books back in the drawer. She watered the plants, emptied the waste baskets, hung a wet towel up to dry. She yawned and stretched and headed for the bedroom. She stopped by the desk and wrote a note to the teacher, counted out some cash for a school outing, put, pulled out a textbook from underneath the chair. She signed a birthday card for a friend, addressed it, stamped it, and wrote a quick list for the supermarket for the next day. And then she went and put both of those in her purse. She then creamed her face, put on her moisturizer, brushed and flossed her teeth, and trimmed her nails. About that time, her hubby called and said, I thought you were coming to bed. I'm on my way, she said. She put some water in the dog's bowl, put the cat outside, made sure the doors were locked, looked in on each of the children, turned on a bedside lamp, hung up a shirt, threw some dirty socks in the laundry basket, had a brief conversation with the child who was still doing homework in her room. She then set the alarm, laid out her clothes for the next day, straightened up the shoe rack, and added three things to her to-do list for the next day. About that time, the husband turned off the TV and announced to no one in particular, I'm going to bed, and he did. <laughs> so moms out there, I'm giving you a shout out today. Thank you for taking care of all of the details. I recognize this morning too that this may be a hard day for some of you because it's a day filled with emotion because you've lost your mom. 
It's a day filled with emotion because for some of you, you just, your mom's still living, but you just don't have a relationship with your mom. For some of you, you want to be with child, but for some reason, your body is not cooperating. For some of you in this room, you've had to bury your children because of illness or tragedy or injustice. And I want you to know the church today loves you. They see you. And most importantly, God sees you. And God knows. Amen, church. God knows all the details in our lives, and he is there to be with us. Motherhood has a way of shaping you and breaking you and teaching you the things you just don't know. And my firstborn, Elliot, would tell you that. He was the experiment, right? The firstborns always are, right? We try to get a little better. But I want you to know today that God knows. He knows your hurt. He knows your suffering. He knows where you need rest, and he's willing to give it to you. And so today, I want us to read uh, this together, Psalm 139. Would you just stand with me this morning, and let's read this out loud together as a prayer really over all of our mothers. Read it with me. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you remain standing? If you're beside a mom right now, just touch her on the shoulder. Let her know you love her. And let's just pray for all the moms in the room. God, we thank you. We thank you for our moms who love, who are patient with us, who have persevered through the years. We thank you today most importantly for the moms, God, who have prayed with us and for us and have pointed our hearts toward you, Lord, our rock and our redeemer, because that's who you are. You redeem all things, God. You make all things new. And today I just pray for all the moms in the room that wherever they are on their motherhood journey, you would give them the strength that they need, Lord. And we lift up all of those who are grieving today that you would comfort them with your peace. And most importantly, God, I just pray for every mom in the room, spiritual mom, biological mom, adoptive mom, all the moms, God, that you would give them all of your spiritual blessings in Christ. That their hearts would overflow with joy because we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
We pray this in the name of Christ. And all of God's people did say amen. You may be seated. So um, I have my mom with me here today. I'm going to ask her to come up on stage just so you can meet her. Get it up for my amazing mom. <laughs> Love you. Haven't seen her yet today. She drove in. So I just wanted you to see her face because I'm going to talk about her in a moment. And she is amazing. And um, when it, it's hard to uh, say really in words what my mom means to me. But she also means a lot to other people. So I want to say this in the room. She's been a spiritual mom to me, but to a lot of people. So if you don't have kids in your life, think about how you can invest in the kids in this church and in this community and how what we're going to talk about today is planting spiritual seeds. So love you, Mom. Just wanted everybody to see you. So, All right, so Mom, as you're sitting down, yes, I contacted a few of my friends that you know. So these are grade school friends of mine, and this is Kathy, Joe, and Tracy. And so where'd you go? I, I called them, Mom, and said, hey, send me a little quote about my mom. I'm, I'm preaching on Mother's Day. I'm preaching about planting spiritual seeds in the life of our kids. And I'd just like to know what you thought about my mom. So here's what Kathy Joe said about you, Mom. She said, I've known Diane my whole life, and I'll be 50 this year. She was a tremendous godly influence on me as a child. I remember the patience that she had when there was a house full of crazy girls over the slumber parties. I remember her kindness to others, and especially to me when I accidentally knocked into her dining room chandelier and broke it into a million pieces. I had forgotten about that. I remember the love that she always had for others and the hugs, just like she hugged me, the hugs that she always gave freely. I remember that she was always present in conversation, always listening, always paying attention, and hear this, always praying with you and for you. Those seeds sown years ago of patience, kindness, love, and being present are still growing within me today. So moms, don't underestimate the power that you have not only in the lives of your own kids, the influence, but in the lives of others. And this is what Tracy also here said. She said, this is hard for me because your mom had such an impact on my life. So here's my go at it. When I think of sowing spiritual seeds, I think of faith and generosity and encouragement and patience and love. And I love what Tracy says here. She says, it's not one action, but it's a way of living and pouring into others. That's what we as moms do. We have to be intentional about making sure our own hearts are filled up, but we pour in to others. And meet Gretchen, a high school friend, good old high school picture of me here. So as a high school friend of Tamara, I would be over at her house on occasion, and her mother was always welcoming and always there to talk to me. I had some issues with my own mom in my teen years, and Diane would always take the time once again to listen to me and try to help me work through it. She made me feel loved, and she would pray with me and always bring scripture into our conversations. If you know my mom, she's always talking about Jesus and scripture. So her calming voice and the truth she spoke was delivered with such confidence. You could tell Diane truly knew her Savior and was happy to share his truth with others. So not only did I, church, get to have a wonderful mom, right? 
but my friends got to experience my mom and her love and her teaching. And I also had wonderful grandmothers. If you guys can go back and show a picture of my mom, you may have showed these earlier too and ran through them. This is my paternal grandmother, my mama Ruth. And you notice we're sitting on what? A front porch swing. Anybody have those conversations? Remember sitting on the front porch swings with your grandmothers? This is my maternal grandmother. Uh, the next, and I, I remember that although they went through hardship, they were always singing their songs, always going to church, always praising God for his goodness, the goodness of God, when really they didn't have a lot, they didn't need a lot. And for me to grow up and have that influence was just amazing. So thank you, Mom. I love you. So my mom would also tell you that she's not perfect, although she's pretty close to it. But there is no such thing as a perfect mother, but we can be an intentional one. We can be an intentional one. Now, as moms, once again, we have to be intentional about a lot of things. Intentional about taking care of ourselves so we can pour into others. And if you're married moms, we have to be intentional about being the wife that God has called us to be. That's also a lot of work. But today, I want to propose to you and ask you to be intentional, and I know many of you already are, about planting spiritual seeds in the lives of your children, pointing your children to Jesus, who died, was buried, and he rose again, right? That's our Savior, and that's who we want to point our kids to. Towards. So when Wally and I dedicated Elliot and Max in the church, who's been part of baby dedications, don't you love them? I mean, they're amazing to watch all the parents dedicate their children. We used this verse out of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, and it says, These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts so the seeds that we plant, the commandments of God, they're to be on our hearts first. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Wow, that's a big job, isn't it? And moms and even dads, we can only do that with the help of Jesus. When we think about impressing the commandments of God, the word of God on the lives of our children, I always think of the parable of the four soils or the parable of the sower found in Luke 8, 4 through 8. And this is what it says. When a large crowd was gathering and people were coming, they were coming to Jesus. They were hungry to hear what he had to say. They were coming to Jesus from town after town. He told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. So here in this parable, we have the seed and we have the soil. 
And the parables of Jesus make up approximately about one-third of his recorded teachings. And if you've grown up in the church, you realize that parables are just simple, meaningful stories, often with imagery, but they convey a deep message, and they are central to the teachings of Jesus. And so we could spend three or four weeks, church, just talking about this parable because the parables are found in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke primarily. And so here I want us to understand this morning when we think about being intentional, about planting spiritual seeds in the lives of our children, we're thinking about the word of God. Luke 8, 11 said that this seed was the word of God. There was a farmer, he sowed it, it took root. So let's first this morning talk about the seed and then we'll talk about the soil because actually these few verses talk more about how they took root. But the seed is the word of God. So that's our overarching umbrella today. If you, don't, if you leave here and the only thing you can remember is I need to sow the word of God in the lives of my kids, I want you to remember that. Don't want you to feel any shame or guilt today if you feel like you've not done a great job at that. But you can start today because the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And it's the thing that we go to often when we need conviction, when we need comfort, and we need direction. And so as I think about the word of God, I think about the great commandment that we see in the Old and the New Testament. And it's this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So in my trying to be intentional with parenting, uh, and, and Wally would say the same thing with Elliot and Max. Uh, we wanted to teach them to love God, to love Jesus, to fall in love with Jesus, to want to follow him, to want to be in relationship with him. And second, to love their neighbor as themselves. Love God, love others. That's what we try to do. So as we think about sowing spiritual seeds, what does that really look like? Well, first of all, I think it's sowing the seed of love, to sow the seed of love. First Corinthians tells us, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, what am I? I am only a resounding gong or a clanking cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have this faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. What is love? Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And we know, church, that love never fails. 
So when I think about sowing the seed of love, I want my kids to first of all know God loves them, I want them to know I love them, and I want them to love others. And I think one of the ways through my parenting, and I am not an expert, but through being a mom that I have really tried to love my kids is just to show them attention, to let them know I am there for them. And I came across this beautiful quote this past week in my studies that I wanted to share with you. And it's from a French philosopher, Simone Fiel. Attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Think about that in a digital age where we're so busy that attention, it's the rarest and purest form of generosity. So one of the ways that we can best sow seeds into the lives of our children, no matter how old they are, is by showing them and giving them our attention. When my kids were little, maybe like yours, they were all, always asking, do you see me, Mom? Do you see me? Did you see me? You know, if you have littles, you totally understand what I'm saying. For my boys, it was hilarious because I don't know what it is about boys, but they love to jump in my house and just slap the door frame, especially when they were little. And they would always be like, hey, Mom, did you see me? And one time, Elliot's like, did you see me? I can jump up to the ceiling and touch the fire alarm, for which he knocked it off. So, you know, it was always, always, Mom, do you see me? See what I can do. And when they're little, they ask things like this, Mom, do you see me? But I want you to understand, as my boys have gotten older, they no longer ask me that. They no longer say, Mom, do you see me? But do I still need to see them? Absolutely. And the challenge we have as moms is to see them for who God made them to be and who they are and not who we want them to be. Let me say that as, as mothers, we see our kids for their gifts and who God made them and not what we want them to be. And that is sowing the seed of love. Next is sowing the seed of inspiration. This is one of my favorite Bible verses of long time and really stories. Joshua 1, 9 says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now this was, this was big time for Joshua, right? He's about to cross the Jordan. Moses had just died and he's taken his people to the promised land. He's doing something brand new. And when our kids do something brand new, we need them to know, church, that God is with them. That they can be courageous in this world. When people say, don't do that, I, I don't know if I would do that, but they know God's calling them. We say keep going. Keep going, why? Because, not, because we didn't say so, because God said so, and God's going to be with you. And I've always tried to connect my kids with people and mentors where they can see that in their lives, that God calls us to do big things and small things, but whatever they are, we're to do them knowing that God is with us, right? That we're not on this journey alone, although sometimes it feels that way. So let's sow seeds that inspire our kids to go for the things that God is calling them to do and to not be afraid. Next, sow the seed of truth. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So as my kids were growing up, I knew that that I wanted them to know there's consequences for your actions, right? 
There are. It's hard for us as moms to watch it, but it's sowing truth into the lives of our kids. God cannot be mocked. I love this because as mothers, we not only need to be students of the Bible, if we're going to sow the word of God into the lives of our children, we have to be studying it too. We don't have to be experts, but we have to be students of culture too. Hear me say that today. To really help our kids navigate life today as a Christ follower trusting in Jesus, we need to be students of the Bible and culture. We need to know what's going on in the lives of our kids. Now, my kids have told me on occasion, maybe yours have too, you're a helicopter mom. Well, yes, sometimes I'm going to be, so just get used to it because I want to know what's going on in your life because I want you to know that what you sow, you're gonna reap. There are consequences, and I want you to have greater inputs of Jesus than the other things of the world, amen? And I want you to be putting those things into your life. We wanted to sow the seeds of service. Remember, love God, love others. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but what? To serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You guys know I love the Ville, I do, here and around the world, and it's part of my passion. And so this is something that has come easier for Wally and I because we are so passionate about it, is sowing the seed of service. And you guys can do this coming up soon at School Blitz. Mark your calendars, right? First Sunday in August. But it's important for us to sow the seed of service because I believe we need to curb entitlement in the lives of our kids. It's really hard today that I know our kids, and my kids too, mom, I want something because someone else has it, right? And I feel like I deserve this because someone else has it. And I think we need to make sure our kids know that it's important to to look to others, to to serve others, to serve those in need, to see how we can help. Wally and I have some dear friends at Hospital Loma de Luz in Honduras, and some of you have heard our story, but we have loved traveling there over the past 10 years, and we're so thankful that Elliot and Max have been able to go with us just to share our heart and what it means to serve sacrificially and serve generously, especially with the gifts God has given us. Uh, Our oldest, Elliot, I was always so proud of him because he spent a lot of his time in high school tutoring other kids. And he would do that, and he would, that seed of service I can see as it plays out in his life, and I'm so grateful for that. Next, sow the seed of faith. So once again, as you're thinking of an intentional plan, Yours might be different than mine, but for me, this is so important. Faith is, right, we can't see it, but we trust in it, right? It's the things we hope for and the things we cannot see. I want my kids to trust in Jesus. If there was no one else around, if they were going through the hardest time in their life, I want them to have faith in Jesus, to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, to not depend on their own understanding, but to seek his will in all things, and he'll show you which path to take. As my kids have gotten older too, they may ask, what do you think I should do, mom? And I say, I don't know, what do you think you should do? You're at a point now in your life where it's your turn to really seek God and his will for your life, and 
you go to God in prayer and you find that out. You seek God for yourself because he will show you the path to take. Aren't you glad that you have a partner in Jesus, right? And the Bible to help us show our kids what they can do in their lives. And lastly, I love this one, sow the seed of seriousness. I think this has come about more as uh, our boys got their driver's license. They had more freedom. Um, They now are adults, right? Following Jesus is serious business. It's serious business. When we raise our kids, we should want to raise our kids as Christ followers who live differently from the world. It's just the truth. Now, is it easy? Absolutely not. Have I felt at that? Yes, sometimes. But I am always going to try to teach my boys that following Jesus Christ looks different from the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. To sow the seed of seriousness that our kids can resist temptations, resist things around them, and standing firm in the what? In the faith that we just talked about. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. Now, I believe, church, that we do not suffer as Christ followers nearly as much as our friends and uh, brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. But I do want you to know is that when your kids face hard times in living out their faith, we have to be with them in the moment because it is big to them. It is hard. It is hard to resist temptations that our kids face because they're everywhere. But following Jesus is serious business. And I want my kids to know that I'm there to support them, to love them. But I want to sow that seed. So you have the seeds in this parable. Just think for a minute as as a mom and Also, this applies to dads and spiritual mentors in the room. What are the seeds that you want to plant in the lives of those around you? You have the seeds and you have the soil. And I love this verse, Luke 8, 15. It says, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word. So how are they going to hear it? They're going to hear it because we try to sow the word in their life. They hear the word, retain it, obey it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. I will say to you that it's not just planting seeds. It's teaching our kids how to obey. That is perhaps the hardest part of this, right? Discipline consistent discipline and accountability. But when we see our kids obey, we notice that 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 heart is being soft to receive more instruction from the Lord to obey. They start to retain it. And then their lives produce a good crop. And so as a mom of adult children, it is a blessing for me to see the good that God is producing in the lives of my kids. And I'm so proud of them. But something you might be thinking today as we close our time together is tomorrow, 
I've planted the seeds. I've done my best, which is, is what God's asking us to do today. And perhaps we can do better by making a plan. But what happens when the seeds don't take root? What happens when I've prayed and I've cried and I've taken my kids to church and I have impressed these upon my kids and they just haven't taken root? Well, first of all, I want you to know today is keep praying. Keep praying. Elliot and Max probably do not know this, but at tough times in their life, I have four or five women, some of you I see are sitting in the room right now, that I text and I say, I just need for you to pray for Elliot today. I just need you to pray for Max today. Don't really give all the details. Heart it, got it, like it. So moms, if you don't have a group of other women that you text with to pray for your kids, do it today. Get a group together. Just text each other. Keep praying. How many in the room, I'm just curious, have adult children? Just raise your hand. Probably several of you. Yeah. And adulting is hard, right? <laughs> adulting is hard. Our kids still need our prayers. Our kids still need our encouragement. They still need our love. And they need for us to help them to retain what has been sown. And second of all, don't give up. We all know the story, and if you don't, the prodigal son, where the prodigal son comes home, squandering everything he has, he comes home. But what happens when he comes home? He's welcomed with open arms. So don't give up, parents. Keep praying. Keep loving. Tyler and I were talking about this message this past week, and he shared a thought with me that I thought was really great. He said, you can't control what your kids think about God. They're forming their own opinions, but you can't control what they think about you because you can be an example and have a tremendous influence on their lives. So wherever you are today in your journey, keep praying, don't give up, keep planting those seeds and make a plan, make a plan. What seeds do you want to sow? Once again, if you do not have kids at home, your kids are grown, don't have grandkids, think about how you do that as a spiritual mother here in this church and in this city. Because the next generation, they need the word of God, you guys. They need the truth that God offers through scripture. And we can give it. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we love you. There are carpets here at the front, pillows where you are welcome to pray. So God, we love you and we thank you that you have called each of us to love you with all of our heart, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And as we think about planting spiritual seeds, God, give us wisdom. Every day we need you, every hour we need you. Being a mom once again shapes you, breaks you, it's hard, we stay up at night crying and praying and trusting that, that our kids are just gonna love you with all of their hearts. So God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for showing each of us in this room right now unconditional love. God, that there is a savior, his name is Jesus, and he's willing to meet us right where we are right now. God, we can trust in you. We're so thankful for that all the time, every day. You are so good. 
as we continue in our worship, God, hear the words that we're singing, hear our praise and our thanksgiving, because God, you are worthy of all of it, all of it, and we give it to you today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen.